It's the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080. Well, good afternoon. Here we go. George Colley is here. You remember George Colley used to be a used to be a TV guy. Did uh, radio here for a few months about a year and a half ago, and is now doing his own online news guy thing at gcolley.com. Hello, George. Mr. Todd, how we doing today? Great to be back on with you. So your thing on your gcolley.com site is covering what exactly? So this week, uh, we're basically what gcolley.com is in a short answer. is It's a government and media watchdog site. And it's a local government and media watchdog site. So covering what's happening uh, with the Lamont administration, what's happening in the Connecticut government, what's happening in the legislature, uh, now how they're talking during the political campaign, and also how the media is reporting on it. Uh, we highlight great reporting, uh, you know, investigations, uh, good new political reporting, and we also call, uh, call some of it out. And, of course, when it's political circus season, uh, what we seem to be finding this year is that there's, there, there's quite a bit to call out. And so, so we've been staying busy, but it's been, it's been fun. And, uh, and I think we're, we're, we're really starting to break through to some people. Were you as delighted yesterday with the governor's press conference as we were here? I, I think I've done two shows on that one soundbite interview since. Um, so, yes, I, uh, uh, on that interview, I've done the shows. I mean, I, when, the, when the governor could sit there on a day that this company, Semaphore, that the state of Connecticut invested millions of dollars in it to, it to build these labs and to hire these people, when the state of Connecticut is forfeiting about $4.5 million in those loans, when the state of Connecticut gives this company tens of millions of dollars in no-bid testing contracts, that the day that the company decides we're going to close down the labs, we're going to fire 250 people, we're moving to Maryland, that the governor's response when he's asked about that company is, don't make me respond to all this, I think that that should, in a nutshell, sum up the leadership of Ned Lamont and with the way the last three and a half, four years have gone. This guy that refuses to answer a question that's not on his press release. And you would be thinking that if there was people like Bob Stefanowski or George Colley or Todd Feinberg or anybody else attacking the man's wife's business that she's invested in, questioning the, the, the guy's wife's company, you'd think that that guy would be screaming with a bullhorn to set the record straight. Ned Lamont has had two years to answer questions about Semaphore. He refuses to answer them. When he does talk, he does not speak the truth. And now he just doesn't want to be asked. He doesn't want to respond to all this. Just we to make sure everybody gets it. Lamont doesn't want to respond to Semaphore. And that is why Paul Hughes, and that is why any other reporter, that is why Mark from West Hartford, and the other, any other person that comes across the governor over the next few months needs to ask the questions about this company. And if you need the first question to ask, Governor, we know that this was not done through the comptroller, as you said. So who is it that was behind choosing Semaphore and giving them a no-bid contract in, in April 2020? And okay, so, if, so, uh, so I think that we're getting to a point where we're going to start getting those questions eventually answered. At least do? now they're being asked, even if he's not answering it still. All right, so this is a company that's uh, relatively young, but has been doing business with the state for, well, people have been investing in it, like Annie Lamont the governor's wife, for some time. and well, the, the state of Connecticut first invested under Dan Malloy in 2015. And they gave us, I think it was a $6 million loan for them to build, um, I, I think it was the lab in Stanford. 
Then they got in 2018 another $9 million to build the lab in Brantford. So the state of Connecticut was invested in this company for years. Annie Lamont's company, OKCFT, the venture capital firm, invested in this company while she was first lady. It was not until August of 2019 that she was involved in a Series B funding round for Semaphore that involved BlackRock, that involved uh, this Chinese investment bank, um, a couple other of the, the big players. And they raised, I think, you know, I mean, they've raised over a couple of series, of, you know, t- in, into the hundreds of millions of dollars. And then this company eventually went public. And we know that Annie Lamont was holding on to $66 million in stock when it went public. What we don't know is if, as an early investor, when, that, when she went public, when mm-hmm. that company went public, if OKCFT and Annie Lamont got any money as a part of that deal. When, these, when you're an angel investor and a company goes public, I mean, there's a bunch of different ways that you can get paid out. You can get it in cash. You can get it in stock. You can get it in both. You know, her company could be involved in debt refinancing plans for some of these uh, investments. So when you see that question yesterday that was being asked by Paul Hughes to the governor, that's what it was about. It was about, you know, about, about what kind of, you know, was there any money that was profited when this went public? And that's what makes it so insulting about how the governor answered it with, I don't want to respond to this. It's a, it's a legitimate question. It is a legitimate question, and it's one that I would think that reporters would follow up on. As soon as the first person is done and the governor hasn't answered, the next reporter should ask the, the same question until they get an answer, don't you think? I, I, you ask it over and over and over. I mean, I, I did a press conference in Bridgeport in 2018 after the election when a group was filing a lawsuit claiming election fraud in Bridgeport. And I asked the question to the person in the group 26 times in a row. 26 times. If you, if you count it up, I asked the question because I wasn't getting an answer. And what now, happened after the 26th time you asked? I would have been done at 28, I swear. Um, but it was, I mean, I, I had the answer, and it got to a point where, you know, you ask the question so many times that eventually I just said, look, this is what I got. But the, the idea is you keep asking the question. If the guy gets a little bit testy, a little bit salty, a little bit bitter, you know what? You're getting harder. you got good TV. you got good radio. You're well, get a plus good it's evidence that you're on the right wavelength. He doesn't want you there. Wouldn't he have a straight answer at this point if there wasn't something he didn't want to say? And I think that that's what it comes down to. This is, I mean, this is on a personal level for the man, I would hope. You know, this, this is, this is his, his wife. And he's saying that they're attacking his wife. It's because he refuses to answer the questions. And when we do figure out answers, either through documents or through reporting or, or, or through people speaking out, guess what? We find out that the governor wasn't being upfront with us. So if he's getting bitter about this, he hasn't answered the questions yet. You know, these questions aren't going to slow down over the next few months. You've got to believe Bob Stefanowski will probably be mentioning semaphore on the debate stage. And Governor Lamont does not have an answer. And, and any answer he has given has been a flat-out made-up fantasy land uh, answer at this point. And so, Well, maybe that's I their game plan, George. The game plan be. may be for him to never have an answer until it comes to a debate on live TV. And then... The answer is new, and it's not contradicting anything else he said. Well, the problem is that what he has said over and over and over is that he knows, and he said this on John Craven's show, Power and Politics, in December of last year, when mm-hmm. Craven asked the question about semaphore. And he said, I, I couldn't do anything with that. I know that I need to recuse myself. You know, ethics, you know, I, and, and no, no room for ethical intolerance. The ethics department said I did everything right. But that's based on the comptroller having been the one to do everything. 
that was the comptroller who chose this company, that was the comptroller who negotiated the contract. But the timeline, in Ned Lamont's own words, show that he and Josh Jabal were talking about Semaphore being chosen to do testing in April, early April of 2020. And the comptroller says it was not even brought to his attention until May 3rd of 2020. Right. So, so there, before the, the, well, the timeline's backwards. The governor's has the timing wrong. The governor's He's, lying. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so, so that's a, that's a pretty big one. Answer that. I mean, it, it's an ethical issue. The state ethics department should be the one asking these questions to the governor, not George Colley or Todd Feinberg uh, or Mark from West Hartford. I mean, the well, idea that, that ethics I got, a, got, got an email that gave them the all clear, that gave inaccurate information, which was on May 20th in 2020, the governor's office said, we just found out this company connected to Annie Lamont got a contract through the comptroller's office. We just want to disclose it. We're going to give any money to charity, even though we don't need to. Well, the problem is they should have disclosed it on April 6, 2020, when Josh Jabal was quoted in a press release with Semaphore talking about how they just partnered with the state and they were going to be thousands of tests a day. That, that was five weeks before the comptroller contract was signed. And that's the timeline. And that's what the media needs to look into. I mean, that, that, it, it, it's that simple. Listen to this interview over a couple times. April 6th, the governor announced that Semaphore was doing testing. May 3rd, the comptroller got involved to, to deal with an RFP process that was later asked for for testing. May 20th, the comptroller signed a contract. That's the timeline. The governor says he had nothing to do with it. The comptroller was involved a month after the governor announced Because he's saying that, the, that it was turned over to another department of the government, that he wasn't involved, correct? Well, it, it, you can say that it got turned over, but you can't no, say that, I that's never his had argument. to do with it, and I would have needed to recuse myself when, when Josh Jabal, his COO and DAS commissioner, which is in his administration, and had par a guy who had partnered with Semaphore prior to that job at the government, when all of a sudden he got them all the approvals and all the compliances needed to do, to do COVID testing, and other companies didn't get those licenses and approvals. The governor did. Yes, that, that was in March and in early April of 2020. Right. So, so later he's so using the, the excuse that it wasn't even in it wasn't even in the executive branch or it wasn't in his uh, in the governor's office. It's, well, it it's, wasn't. It got taken out of the governor's branch on May 3rd when the comptroller took it over. Right. The problem but is it was saying, already done. Some of Florida yes. done thousands of tests for the state. Yes. It was already they, 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 they were already doing. They already had a contract and were doing business with Connecticut before the actual contract was signed. Hang on, George. We're talking to George Cauley, gcauley.com. We're going to pause briefly and continue the conversation on WTIC. Tell me Miss something from the Todd Feinberg Show? Listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash podcast. Open up your eyes. That's what we're talking about. George Cauley is here, gcauley.com, and the governor talking yesterday. And the sales tax holiday is just uh, saves you um, 6.35 cents for every, um, you know, up to $100. So this. Isn't that so generous, George? Are you in awe of the amount of money that uh, Christmas costs for the government to buy everybody a Christmas present? I mean, Santa Net, except you can't use it for school supplies, Todd. But I, I think I tweeted at this you earlier. Who, whoever wants school supplies for Christmas anyway? I mean, it's Christmas in August. We won't, <laughs> we won't give you the break on the pencils, but you can spend up to 100 bucks on sneakers. I, I, I mean, it's just another one of these things. Hey, look, t t take, take the sales tax, cut it in half for the whole summer. Um, 
make a real difference for these businesses. Uh, you know, you're doing it over one week. I think it was a caller or your show or somewhere that I read that said, when you have these sales tax weeks, it doesn't really help the businesses all that much because yes. people may not go shopping the week before or the week after. And so yes, it just it doesn't average just out. just moves the money around. In the end, good for the businesses. Um, and so, you know, it's another one of these gimmicks. The guys have just been giving money away. Um, I mean, like it's growing on trees. It's an epidemic. Absolutely. And it's uh, and I I don't know if people if it's going to work or not. I mean, I think people see through it, but um, you know, I'm not one of the people that's been getting any of this money, so I may be a little bit biased. Well, I the the interesting thing is what an inconsequential amount of money it is. It's six point three five cents for every dollar that you spend. So if you spend a hundred dollars, which is the maximum, that gets you six dollars in savings. <laughs> Well, he's raised taxes a couple billion dollars. Yeah, exactly. One point four billion, right? With with what Bob Stefanowski broke out uh, between the two billion he's raised in fees and taxes, and then the six hundred million they gave back. Um, I, it, I mean, the guy was bragging yesterday about the great dollar, about the ten dollars he saved everybody with the gas tax. I mean, actually had the the gall to say that. Um, I mean, he's somebody who's just so out of touch with what. Anybody, what the common person is going through. This is the guy who's never felt stress or financial stress or worry about a bill or worry about the electric or worry about paying for medicine. The guy has gotten fed out of this silver spool, the spoon since birth. He doesn't have a, <laughs> even a common ounce of clue as to what 99% of us go through each day. And, um, and I think that it's obvious when you pay attention to it. But I know everybody's really busy, and it's hard, it's hard to pay attention. Uh, that's why I hope they're listening to you. And if they want a half-hour day, uh, just kind of see what the government, governor's saying that day, then come to gcolly.com, and I think we'll open your eyes um, as our, as our lead-in, just uh, so, yes. so, so properly set up uh, the song. But it's, uh, I mean, that, the guy just doesn't have a clue. Um, and it's, it's obvious in the way he talks. If you want to compare truth and transparency in government, all you've got to do is look at that press briefing yesterday with the governor answering what are pretty simple questions. This is a company that got tens, you know, like I said, millions of dollars from the state to create jobs that just left. I mean, Dan Malloy dealt with a lot of, a lot of tough days like that with his first five money. I mean, there were investigations, and, and, these, and one story like yesterday would go on for weeks. I mean, there was only one guy asking about it yesterday, and he was apologizing for asking. And so, I mean, thank God Paul did ask. At least somebody is. But, I mean, look at the way Ned Lamont answers that question, and then look at the way that Bob Stefanowski answered the question from the callers the other day. One of the guys brought up specifically the payday loans, which is like a, a, the same old tired thing they tried, they tried using in, in 2018 uh, when, they, when they barely won by two or three points. I don't think it's working much this time. But look at the way that Bob answers that, where he says, thank you for asking me the question, then talks for three or four minutes in detail as to why he is very proud of the work that he did with that company. I, I mean, th th you're going to hear Bob get asked 15 times about Trump. They won't ask him to, to, to defend the way the governor's attacking him on that. But, when you, but the guy was excited to be able to answer it. And that's the difference. The difference is when you actually have the facts behind you and you're speaking in truth and, you, and, you're, and you're transparent, you have nothing to hide from. And, and the governor seems like he's hiding from everything. 
like whack-a-mole with this guy. Yeah, so let me see if I have that sound handy here. No, and he continued to say, number two, the company went public. And a lot of times in a public offering, people get paid out. It went public for $6 billion. The Lamonts may have taken some money. This is back to the semaphore issue and, and Ned getting questioned on it. 5% of the company, and then when it went public, they may have taken 2.5%. Don't make me respond to all this. He's they making may have stuff, taken up. Two and a half percent. stuff up. Don't make me respond to all this. Well, I'm, no, I'm just asking you. Yeah. You, you have no a... truth to any of it. Okay, yeah. that's all I'm asking. You, you can just look at their stock price. I, You'll I get have. a pretty good idea of how they've done. Yes, yes. I have. That's, that's, I just wanted Thank to know you. It's back in the news. It's pretty weak stuff uh, from Ned and from Paul Hughes, who's asking the questions there. And is, pretty is running easy follow-up. What is the truth then, Governor? Tell us what's inaccurate about this. Yes. Because what Paul Hughes was asking, now, if, if, if OKCFT still owns, and every, if they got all their money when it went public in stock, and they never sold it when it went from $12 to $1.28, where it is right now, then yes, they lost a lot of money. But is that the case? We've never been told. We don't know if they got money when it went public. Now, the Hartford Business Journal did an article announcing that when Semaphore was going public, that shareholders and investors would be able to take the money in cash options and or stock options. That's what Paul Hughes' question is focused on. It's not something made up out of the blue. The Hartford Business Journal said that this is what the investors could be, could be getting back through stocks and in cash. So the question is, what cash was taken out? What stocks did you get? Are, are you still holding any of it? I, I think that that's a, a pretty simple question to ask. Uh, and, it's, and it's not out of the blue made up fantasy world. Uh, it's a question that the governor should have been ready for, that he should have been ready for when it went public a year and a half ago, uh, or year June last year. Uh, but, you know, I, I just think that it's, it just shows that this guy doesn't feel like he needs to tell the truth mm -hmm. because the media never asked the question twice. Yes, and, that's and, why and he that, didn't feel any need to prepare an answer. Yeah, he doesn't need to. He can say whatever it is, and if the governor says it, it's official. He's, he thinks he's Richard Nixon, right? If, if the president <laughs> says it, then it's law. I, I mean, if the governor says it, then that's the truth. I mean, even if it's completely made up and the first page of Google can prove that he made it up. Um, and we can go down a whole laundry list of things that have to do with that. All right, George, thank you so much for being here. GCauley.com. Keep up the great work at GCauley. It's C-O-L-L-I. GCauley.com. Have you already done a show today? We're going to have a show coming up tonight. We've been doing it at night during the summer. Um, and so we'll be summing it up, probably do a little bit uh, of, of our interview here. You and your interviews over the last week with you, Todd, with Leora and with, uh, with Bob, and, uh, you know, have, have, have made the show a few times. And so I appreciate uh, the content that you guys are helping, uh, helping me create. <laughs> well, thank you, for, uh, thank you for doing the repeat broadcast. All right, George, yeah, we'll talk to you again soon. GCauley.com. That's where you find him. And he, yes, you know him from TV, you know him from WTIC, and you know him from gcauley.com. So things are getting a little heated for 
the Trump Organization. Weisselberg, the guy who was the financial manager of the Trump companies, going back to Fred Trump, pleaded guilty, goes to Rikers Island. A top executive at former President Donald Trump's family business pleaded guilty Thursday to evading taxes on a free apartment and other perks, striking a deal with prosecutors that could make him a star witness against the company at a trial this fall. Alan Weisselberg, a senior Trump Organization advisor and formerly the chief financial officer, pleaded guilty to all 15 of the charges he faced in the case. In a low, somewhat hoarse voice, Weisselberg admitted taking in over $1.7 million worth of untaxed extras, including school tuition for his grandchildren, free rent for a Manhattan apartment and lease payments for a luxury car, and explicitly keeping some of the plums off the books. So this is a case against, uh, well, the evidence they're collecting from him is against the Trump companies. And where it goes legally from here is unclear exactly what route it travels and how it progresses. But it does mean that they're going for the dawn, I think, and that the people who control the government currently, the Democrats in New York and the Democrats in Washington, they're all doing whatever they can to eliminate Donald Trump for ele from electoral politics. Did you want to say something, Anthony? You look like you're ready to burst <laughs> um i was just gonna say i i saw this and i thought it wasn't really a big deal it seemed like it wasn't a big deal to me just because it's the trump organization trump private businesses so why does well, it even matter when it comes to trump as a president or with his current crimes that they're investigating because if the company is engaged in mal well look at look at what weisselberg did wrong Weisselberg was getting perks from Donald Trump that were delivered through the company as bonuses to him. And that included an apartment, a luxury apartment. That Now, his crime was not declaring this stuff. That didn't have to do with Trump. But what you're seeing is that there's an intersection of these activities. The gifts are given by Donald through the company to Weisselberg. That's legitimate, apparently. Weisselberg doesn't declare the taxes. That's illegal. When you get a guy who's the chief financial officer on tax evasion, that creates openings. And all they're looking for is to be able to go deeper and to learn more and to interview more people, and eventually to get Trump to testify. Anyway, so the question for you is, how do you view all this? And where do you see it leading? 860-522-9842. Where does this bring us? Stanley, West Hartford. Hi, Stanley. Uh, good afternoon. I have a, a question regarding something that is different than your topic right now. Okay. Real quickly. I'll make this quick. Is there any way for for uh, an individual to find out what kind of camp campaign contributions are made by companies such as Comcast, Xfinity, Comcast, as well as Frontier, to uh, state uh, 
uh, of Connecticut uh, officials running for election and so forth. If they're made to their campaigns, then they would be listed. If they're made to the the PACs and, and the super PACs, then those things are not listed. They're not listed. They're not. That's not considered public information. Not if it's going to a super PAC. That's what makes the super PAC so controversial, as I understand it. There would be no listing of that because wow. all that money. That's why they call it dark money. Wow. So we, we so-called live in a democracy. Interesting. Uh, um, any- yeah. Well, there's a lot of any democratic stuff that goes on in, in uh, what is called a democracy. That is for sure, Stanley. Was there anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, because these two companies, for example, that once used to be regulated, no longer are. And I just want to see the extent, the volume of campaign money they uh, shell out to keep it that way. They may have to list internally uh, those kinds of numbers without maybe saying who they give it to specifically. I'm not sure. That's interesting. Yeah. If on their end, their accounting would have to show where that money goes. That's that's a big dollar. That's that's a big uh, uh, dollar amount for consumers in Connecticut regarding those two companies for services provided for such services that at one time were regulated and then deregulated without making it public. I'm sorry. Which companies are you talking about? Uh, telephone and internet. Yes. And, and cable TV. Yeah, there is a lot of money flowing there. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. All right, Stanley, thank you for the call. Good to talk with you. Jim in Wellington. Hi, Jim. Hey, how you doing? Uh, Mr. Weisselberg, uh, concerning the uh, Trump organization, you know, just take Cohen's name out and put his name in. I mean, it, to me, it's that it, it, right now, we don't know everything, but just based on what you're hearing, right now, it's his crime. It's, it's, uh, it's his, Trump's? It's his crimes. Why? Trump? Is that what you're saying? No, it's uh, Mr. Weisselberg. He's, he's the one that broke the law. Oh, yes. Yeah, sure. But but once you get a guy like that going into prison and making deals, then you start to learn more. That's all. Yeah, what deal? I mean, what deal is he going to make? According to uh, the left and the media, Mr. Cohen was going to sink Trump. He was going to sink Trump, and he's, uh, uh, for a variety of reasons... And none of it happened. And then he ended up lying under oath to Congress a second time, if I'm not mistaken. So you think uh, none of this will go back to Donald? Well, the media's got to try to get it there. No, forget uh, about the media. I'm talking about the legal. You've got the whole United States government after Donald Trump. And this is the the Southern District of New York, I believe. And... yeah. No, I'm sorry. It's the Attorney General's office, right? The Attorney General pushing this one. And and they're looking to get them. And once they get the ability to poke around inside the books of the company, doesn't that lead to a lot of stuff that they want to ask questions about? Well, sure. If they, if they want to stretch something out and, 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 and try to hang something on a guy based on some technicality, uh, listen. The big thing going on with with Trump's business, oh, Mr. Trump, he overestimated the value of his property. He did a bunch of other things concerning insurance or whatever. Who gets who gets one hundred and twenty million dollars from a bank, and what bank in their right mind decides to, to let you or me or anybody decide what the value of our property is? That is so overinflated; it's beyond the pale. And if you don't, if you if you remember, at one point. Deutsche Bank was supposed to be, uh, Trump was supposed to be in hock to Deutsche Bank for, I don't know, four or $500 million. 
And uh, they were supposed to uh, release all the records about the valuation of Trump's properties and how they could come up with it. And that just went away. That all went away. So, to me, it's just uh, they're going to try to stretch it out as much as they can. Why not? Well, nothing else to talk about. That, well, it's not just stretch it out. This is talking in court. Talking in court is different from talking in the media. Oh, they're going to get, listen, they're going to get him. Listen, they're going to get him in court. Of course, in New York, Southern District, the Attorney General, whoever, they're going to get him in court. What's new here? You know, what's new when it comes to Trump or, or any conglomerate who, who has the same type of issues when it comes to uh, financing and real estate and whatever? They're going to get him in court. Of course, they got to get they got to run this thing right past right past the election, uh, the midterms, and as long as they, as far as they can go past that, they're just of course they're going to do it. Yeah, well, exactly, and, and and that's the that's the problem I think for Donald Trump. Thank you, Jim. Eight six zero five two two nine eight four two. I mean, this is the guy going back to his father who knows everything. Now, Weisselberg apparently has made a deal where he doesn't have to testify against Trump or provide information against Trump. But once they break the company open, it just seems to me like it's going to be a major deal. Greg in New Britain. Hello, Greg. Hey, Todd. Thanks for taking my call. I I liked so I think he did a lot of good things, but I hope this loosens the loyalty of some of his supporters. Like I think that he should have done things years ago to say, look, I don't want people flying flags with my name on them. I'm just the president. I'm you know, I'm here to be a president of but he never did stuff to calm that kind of that kind of loyalty that I don't think the founding fathers would have ever wanted us to be that loyal to any politician because they they were they set up the country to be free of a corrupt monarch or someone who would have that kind of influence and it started with Obama you know people used to put stickers on their cars with his visage and the word hope and it just I don't think it ha- we had that kind of attachment to a president before and, and I think Trump did good things, but I I hope this loosens. I hope people realize that hey, he might not be perfect, you know. Well, I agree with you on the loyalty thing. My philosophy is be loyal to the principles of the country, to the constitutional values, to the values of small government, and those things that you were alluding to in terms of how the founders wanted the country to run. So we shouldn't be blindly loyal to anybody because the, the idea of having our kind of system is that no one individual should be that important. The trouble is we're just at a time where it appears America is in peril, and that ups the ante a little bit. Well, I hope it does, I hope it does give some of his followers a more level perspective. You know, people Greg, should- thank you for the call. It's good to hear from you. 860-522-9842. Quick break. We'll take your call coming up on WTIC. to the Todd Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
Weisselberg, CEO of Trump's companies, going to jail, Rikers Island. What does this mean? How does it change the future? Your thoughts, please, 860-522-9842. And uh, who's first here? Aaron in Goshen. Hi, Aaron. So I wanted to talk about that, but I just heard that Lamont campaign ad, and holy cow, he didn't give credit for balancing the budget or, giving, or getting more money to the state. To, should have gave it to COVID-19 for all the money that the uh, federal government gave us. And also um, for all the people who uh, bought homes in the state and yeah, ran from all, New York. All the, all the refugees from uh, uh, New York City and New York State that, that jumped And all those evil rich people who invest in the stock market, making huge yeah, money. Yeah, he, I mean, he, he totally missed the boat on that one. I, I was actually laughing listening to that one. I was, I was kind of, uh, and it should have been this message, should have been, these lies are brought to you by Ned Lamont. However, <laughs> <I> would... <laughs> this, is, this is a nothing burger again. Um, Weisman's, or Weisman's um, tax return is not Donald Trump's tax return. However, I don't, I do see um, them trying to weaponize this guy against Trump and um, try and get him to um, testify against him, twist his arm a little bit, beat him up, tell him we're going to take your money, we're going to, we're going to ruin you, we're going to destroy you. Yeah. Um, it's up to the individual to report what they get for bonuses um, for whatever company they work for, and we all know that ninety percent of the people out there don't do it because the IRS doesn't look into it, but I will say this. Now they're going to because they have 87,000 more IRS <laughs> new people to poke around going out there looking into this stuff. Yep. It will be a new world. Aaron, thank you for the call. Good to hear from you. Tom, next in Westbrook. Hello, Thomas. Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for giving us the opportunity to discuss uh, issues. And um, I'm a Democrat now, but uh, grew up Republican whole family is uh, MAGA's, um, but I, I just want to say uh, the Weisselberg thing, I don't think that's going to be, because uh, you brought that up, isn't going to be a big thing against Donald, but the other seven, eight charges and will be and uh, 100 charges that should have been filed before he became president. Um, and the thing I just wanted to say is I'm a reality therapist, and, and what happens is, you're a reality therapist, is that what you said? Yeah, I'm, I'm a school counselor with a reality therapy background. Basically, if you committed a crime, like when you try to put it off on someone else, like the what mm -hmm. ifs. Hunter Biden, if he did something wrong, should go to jail. Hillary Clinton, if she did something wrong, should go to jail. Absolutely. But and if Donald did something wrong, he should go to jail. But the what if is um, of, so did he, let's deal with him. Not other things, and I think sometimes the other, you know, the Republicans at this time go to um, the other thing. And I'm not, I'm a, I'm not a big damn. I'm not, I'm not a liberal. Believe me, um, I'm a Reaganite. I'm a uh, all those things growing up. But I gotta say, Donald Trump might be the worst human being on the planet if, before he was president. If you look what, at the what is a reality therapist. Uh, well, in counseling, they have uh, Rogerian counseling, all types of counseling. So if you do this, this happens. So if you, uh, you know, you commit you commit a crime, this should happen. Um, if you cheat on your wife, this should happen. That that type of thing. So I'm actually a school counselor by trade, marriage, family counseling background, uh, reality. You pick a way you look at things. Some people go back and talk to kids and say, "So what happened in your youth?" 
I'm more about this. So let me You're more you nuts and bolts. Yeah, if you hit the guy in the face, what should happen to you? And I, you know, well, I should be able to hit you in the face. You know, it, 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 I probably shouldn't say that as a counselor, but that's how I feel. I go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, it does put it in concrete terms so that people understand what you're dealing with. Thank you for that, Tom. Good to hear from you. Ron, next on WTIC. Hi, Ron. Hey, Todd. I just called to uh, respond to Greg about the founding fathers and why they wrote the Constitution. I believe it was to protect us all as individuals against a tyrannical government. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing to Trump and his people are exactly what they were trying to protect us against. Well, they they are a tyrannical government. That is true. And they are trying to... Everything the Democrats accuse Republicans of is something they're engaged in, it seems to me, and this is, this is uh, no exception. They are using the government and the laws, and they have for the entirety of Donald Trump's presidential run on. So we're talking like six years now. At least Absolutely. they've Absolutely. been trying to use the government to destroy him. And we are supposed to have these protections, especially the Bill of Rights. If you go through there, what they're doing to Trump is against everything. That is true. I'm with you on that. Thank you, Ron, for the call. Art in Burlington, what do you think, Art? Yes, sir. Am I, go ahead. Am I here with you, Todd? Oh, yes, you are. God bless you. Uh, I just can't stand it. You know, this gentleman, okay, he's going away because he's been so investigated. I, I wish they investigated everybody in Congress. But what I have to say is they've been investigating Trump for five years. Our, we voted our president in, and they tr- the Democrats have tried to destroy him over these past five years with yes. all the uh, phony things that they brought up at that it, and, uh, yeah, I can't imagine that the investigations they did for Trump, why didn't they even think about just investigating the last vote, uh, you know, just a little bit? After the vote in November, everything was done, and no one wanted to know anything after that. I, I, I just can't well, imagine. The investigation the, stopped. The, the Democrats are running the federal government, so they're not going to investigate an election that they won. That's just intro to politics, I'm afraid. It's a hard-nosed, bare-knuckle sport.